This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Destinations International. Next up on the event calendar is Fall Learning Week, which is comprised of three co-located summits, as well as CDME classes. DMO pros will immerse themselves in realigning perspectives on post-pandemic recovery from an operational perspective during the Business Operations Summit. They'll renew commitments to welcoming, belonging, and inclusivity with the EDI Summit and redefine their organization's role within the community through the Advocacy Summit in October, all in Little Rock, Arkansas. You can also score bundle discounts for each summit. Registration is now open at destinationsinternational.org slash events. And now onto our show. Olena Pavluk is the director of the Lviv Convention Bureau. Before joining the DMO world, she was the director of the Lviv Open Lab, a youth center of science popularization in Lviv. Olena has great experience in organizing huge events for three years. She's been responsible for organizing the biggest science festival in the Ukraine, OL, as its managing director. Apart from this, Elena has experience in cooperating with international partners such as UNICEF, UNFPA, ICA, and Destinations International, as well as with representatives of the governments of the USA and Finland in city projects. Currently, Elena is working for the European integration of Ukraine and Lviv in particular. As director of the Lviv Bureau of European Integration, she focuses on creating partnerships with EU institutions such as the Committee of Regions to advocate Ukraine and Lviv's interests and launch new projects. Elena also took part in opening a Lviv office in the Committee of Regions in the EU in Brussels. Elena Pavluk, welcome to DMOU. Hello, Bill. Thank you very much. I'm so happy and I'm so honored to be here with you and uh, everyone who listens to us. So thank you very much for this invitation. Well, we're honored that you came on board. And this all comes about from Destinations International in Dallas, where we had a chance to meet a couple of times. And those of us that were in the CEO lounge at Destinations International last month in Dallas were exposed to a much more serious response to the now very common question that gets asked at DI, which is, what keeps you up at night? And, you know, as the panel was talking about things about funding and politics and all that kind of stuff, when John Lambeth, the moderator of the session, went out to the crowd and asked what keeps you up at night, you really brought the war in Ukraine home to many in the room when you pulled out your phone hit the play button and we heard this увага повітряна тривога пройдіть найближче укриття увага повітряна тривога пройдіть найближче укриття so with our three questions, I'd like to explore three different facets of life and business in a country at war. So first question, when the war started, you say that Ukraine became a country of volunteers, both for residents and visitors to the nation. Some were running towards the war, others were running away from the war. And as we discussed this episode of DMOU a week or so ago, 
you said that you live every day to inspire people to fight for what's right. So share with us what it's like, what life is like for the average Ukrainian that isn't in a hot spot of intense fighting like your city of Lviv. So it was like uh, really uh, this sound that uh, I uh, turned on uh, on the conference and uh, that was uh, like uh, some shock for our colleagues uh, from destinations, uh, from city destination, other locations. So it's, it's really w- uh, woke me up and uh, many p- people in Ukraine. And uh, that's like first memory from this uh, 24th of February. Uh, this sound is uh, a sound of air alarm is uh, everywhere and I was looking uh, at my child and my son was sleeping and I just uh, we were sitting with my husband and deciding what to do because you don't know what to, you need to run or you need to do something it was like shock and uh, you were paralyzed and uh, we had previously some plans because we knew that there will be some war, but we didn't uh, realize that it would be like that. So like you are expecting something, but you don't know that it would look like and it, it, it really happens. But we are like people from positions that uh, needs uh, to take uh, responsibility on on you and we started our first zooms uh, with our colleagues uh, to understand what we're going to do what we should do uh, that time i was uh, director of uh, youth center and uh, we just uh, had a meeting on the zoom uh, so the, the first missiles was like something like 6 a.m and uh, at eight o'clock we had a zoom call and we understand that uh, we should pack our things in case it will be some disaster and uh, we should uh, what we will do uh, if there will be no uh, telephone connection or internet connection where we should gather uh, what will be our action plan and then uh, approximately at 10 o'clock we were in in our offices and what we were doing we were preparing to people from the eastern Ukraine, uh, north part of Ukraine, and and we knew that there will be a lot of people uh, running from the war. And what we need to do, we need to invite them, we need to welcome them, and we need to organize uh, all these uh, procedures. So. Uh, every structure of uh, Leaf City Council, every structure of uh, uh, like our youth center and uh, uh, a lot of uh, hotels, uh, I mean the first days, yes, and restaurants and uh, locations, they started to uh, receive people from uh, different parts of Ukraine. The first day, people uh, from the eastern part, they were like scared and they were driving, so there wasn't a lot of them, but then we started to to receive 24 hours a day these people and what we did uh, we registered them with uh, sec- uh, security service with uh, a city council uh, representatives with like just registering them and they they are, were hosted by uh, schools so like people were uh, living literally at schools and we were gathering humanitarian aid uh, we were uh, trying to collect as much food as we can and then to give that people that food because uh, like uh, people were shocked what we did we tried to organize some shelters for children for mothers and this was like was a big movement of volunteer and i think that was our first uh, intention to act that saved us because 
because we weren't like crying and we weren't like uh, what we do we weren't like panic pa- yes of course panic was in the air but still everyone uh, started to act and that helped us to survive and um, Everyone in in our city, in our country, they became a volunteers. Like uh, I feel uh, this sympathy to to mothers, to children. So I started to do what I can do to receive these people uh, from uh, with with children. Uh, other people who like weapon and other things, they started to uh, get some uh, from Poland, from Lithuania, from the USA, whatever they can. Some ammunition, some uh, defense system, everything that could help. Uh, to soldiers there were people who did logistics uh, mcdonald's gave us uh, some food uh, for volunteers because like uh, volunteers help people and uh, who will help volunteers logistic companies they were giving uh, their cars uh, they were buying fuel for free and uh, hotels they were hosting for free a lot of people uh, restaurants they were preparing food uh, for refugees for volunteers uh, then they started to cooperate with uh, world central kitchen and other organization and they were just uh, providing and till today they are providing such food for people uh, who need that that was uh, a big moment uh, and uh, what what it uh, how it feels to be in the center of of the big uh, full-scale war and uh, a big uh, movement uh, of people big migration that uh, i just left for some days uh, with my son uh, ukraine because i wanted to take care of my son and to be safe and i felt in poland i felt like oh my god i i don't know what to do i don't know what will be there will be disaster or whatever and when I come back in a few days to Ukraine I understand that everyone is laughing everyone is positive and uh, so just just let's do it let's win this war and like oh my god we are we are really unbroken because everyone is laughing and uh, like we just uh, oh let's go to shelter there is some new air alarm and uh, this was like the, the atmosphere of positive and uh, like everyone in my environment felt that we need just time to win it there wasn't a question and uh, we need to just to to do better to take more power to give more uh, our <laughs> uh, strengths to all these things people are cannot be positive all the time but still Every time uh, we are like when society feels that there is something bad, uh, we try to encourage each other, and uh, then like it starts to uh, to uh, and we starting thinking about victory again and again. Yeah. And you know, it's fascinating that what you're describing, at least for me, sounds a lot like what we went through during COVID. Yeah. That you almost on a dime, almost instantly you all threw in together to help, to volunteer, to figure out how we're going to, as you said before we hit the record button, that's the new normal. And, and all of a sudden, without really direction, we knew we had to do something. And then there was, you know, we're going to win this thing. And then there's the depression where it doesn't go quickly. And now it's back. And, you know, as, as you were telling me, you're going to a barbecue this afternoon and life goes on. And yet there was an air raid siren a couple of hours ago. And so... I'm fascinated with how your country, your people, it's part of your life. You're going to work through it. You're going to win. Sadly, some of you will lose. And yet you move on and and you continue 
to live your life. And you're doing that in Lviv, which is fascinating because it also has become a humanitarian hub. So that's my next question is you're so close to the Polish border and you've become this hub of humanitarianism. And it's been highlighted by Unbroken, which is the National Rehabilitation Center for people who've been injured or impacted negatively by the war. So tell us how this amazing facility has provided hope to citizens throughout the country and has become a magnet, honestly, for medical and war-related conferences and events. Yeah, uh, you're right, definitely. Uh, so we became a big humanitarian hub and we started to do what we can do the best uh, for, from us. Uh, COVID, uh, COVID helped us to survive in, uh, in a complicated time. And um, previously we had a, a reform of decentralization. We had a medical reform and then COVID uh, strengthened our medical infrastructure. And uh, when uh, people uh, from uh, these hot points on our map, from Kharkiv, from Odessa, from uh, Kramatorsk, uh, Zaporizhia uh, and uh, Donetsk regions started to come to, to Lviv, they needed some medical care, they need some rehabilitation, they needed some, some treatment. And we understand that we have this infrastructure. There was like, it was a big hospital, but it was like a few months ago, it was for COVID people, yes? Yeah. And uh, and it was response for, for the challenge. And we started to receive people with these injuries. And uh, it appears that we have a lot of people uh, uh, who are specialists in uh, curing these injuries. Uh, we started this rehabilitation center. So a lot of uh, people from abroad, like medical, experts, uh, surgery, and uh, doctors, they come to us and they uh, teach us how to do it, our specialists, I mean experts, and they t started to do different uh, curement for, for the people. Then we understand that people should be behaved like on the frontier line in a special way. So that started like the changes of uh, our national legislation. So now uh, when a person uh, injured by or without leg or without hand comes to Lviv, we have like special group of uh, specialists and they are looking after this person and they are doing uh, rehabilitation for them. There is like specialists for mental health, specialists for orthopedics, for prosthesis and uh, th this is like a pool and uh, a team of uh, specialists working with uh, uh, one person. And that was the idea that uh, uh, Ukrainians should be rehabilitated in Ukraine because like uh, we cannot send everyone to uh, to Poland to USA because it's it's too expensive and people want to be with their relatives right. and that, like, like a lot of reasons why Ukrainians should stay in Ukraine absolutely Yes, and that is like was a big uh, influence of our events, and uh, we are proud that we managed to invite uh, a lot of experts, uh, a lot of uh, international organization uh, donors, partners, and uh, in April two thousand twenty-two, there was a big rehabilitation center, uh, a conference. Sorry, uh, there was a big conference, and uh, in a year seven floors of newly reconstructed rehabilitation center appeared and in uh, 2023 appeared uh, a second uh, rehabilitation center uh, where people um, soldiers and civils after 
Oh, the, after I don't know, just repeat what is like, uh, what is happening with these people, but they are like in a very bad uh, position. They were have very bad state, and uh, they have treatment and rehabilitation in, in the centers. So there is a big uh, center for unbroken mothers, for women who are expecting child, and for women who have a little children. Yes. So there's a special place. So we are building now a kids' hospital for kids' uh, re- children rehabilitation. Uh, then we are building uh, other rehabilitation center to for mental health. Also, we have uh, mental health, uh, and in our uh, we have six uh, districts in Lviv. So it will be uh, it is planned to build a six uh, mental health in in our city, like just key uh, mental health centers. We are also building a, t- a tram line to this rehabilitation center because we understand that so many people need accessibility and they need to, to be mobile. So it started as a response to the challenge of uh, Russian uh, war, but now it's like a key project of the city and uh, we are building ecosystem of Unbroken. We call it ecosystem of humanity because everything is uh, now is uh, starting to uh, reconsidering uh, what is going on. And there was um, like uh, last week, there was a big meeting with um, uh, hotels and uh, hostels, hotels, uh, and we were discussing and we uh, we had training uh, how to make their hotels more accessible to people who have some injuries or, and, uh, mm-hmm. and how they should be treated, how to speak with them, how this inclusion looks like, so that we need to, to be accessible and inclusive for everyone. So I think the yeah. crowd at DI was shocked to hear that Lviv went from 812 meetings in 2019 to, of course, zero meetings during 2020 in the onset of COVID, but that last year you bounced back to over 600 meetings during wartime. So with missiles overhead, one flying dangerously close to your apartment, how do you and your bureau convince meeting planners from around Europe and around the world that it's going to be safe for their attendees, safe in your city, and there'll be power because that's also a consideration with with rolling blackouts. So tell us how you do the work of a DMO with war around you. Um, Thank you for this question. Uh, It's really... um... Uh, when we are doing all these things, we don't understand what we are doing. <laughs> we you just do, right? Yeah, we right. just doing just and, and, and like visiting conferences. Like, oh my god, we did this! Wow, it's it's about us. <laughs> so we we sometimes we just how much meetings uh, did we have? Oh my god! So how much conferences? So it's it was also like we are just doing doing doing, and it's like sometimes we are also surprised <laughs> by these results. So it. Uh, really, I, I will start with the uh, last one. Uh, really, uh, in October, Russia uh, starts to, to strike our uh, energetic system and they, they try to black out us. And uh, really, we have a schedule for, uh, for the electricity. Mm-hmm. And there is no mobile connection in that times because uh, you cannot reach anyone uh, when you don't have uh, electricity in your system, in your uh, region, yes? Yes. <sighs> 
So, of course, it, it was very hard, like on the level of everyday life. Just imagine that you, you don't have electricity, so it's uh, you cannot do anything <laughs> without this. Uh, like uh, people were in a very, in a very good um, physical shape because you, they need to <laughs> go to fifth floor or, or 16th floor. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but... Um, in a week, uh, the most proactive uh, hotels, they bought uh, some uh, generators, EcoFlows and uh, different batteries. And uh, then we had a big humanitarian aid, like Poland for us, like big mother. They are helping us all the time. So I'm very, um, I don't know how to, to tell a thank you to Polish people because they are always with us uh, in, in the worst uh, times. And we had all the generators. The first attack was, I think it was uh, the 11th of October or 10th of October. And I think it's the 25th of October. We have on the street generators. And uh, when you are planning some uh, event, you were just calling to your location, like just, okay, hello, do you have a shelter? Yes, no. Okay, if you have, then do you have a generator? Yes, we have. So welcome. Uh, and then uh, we just, uh, as a convention bureau, we just have a list of uh, the places uh, that uh, that have generators and that have shelters. And that was like our new column in our uh, report uh, for the clients. Yes. So that is like uh, about flexibility and our resilience, uh, how we do everything uh, I'm connected with uh, these um, blackouts and the challenges that we have. And uh, also, I was telling on a conference uh, at the beginning of the July, I was uh, like consulting some conference and they were choosing between some uh, locations as usual. And uh, they choose some, but uh, the location that was in the list was uh, striking by, by the missile. And uh, when I realized that uh, I have so big responsibility, because if you are giving some offer of the location and it's not safe, you will be responsible for someone's lives. So it's like uh, I I have these goosebumps on 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 my body because it, it's it's really scary. Of course, this location, we were like uh, advising this location and it was safe and uh, it was uh, like if there will be people at the time, so it will be okay. But uh, you should be really, really responsible. And it's not about some joke. It's not about even money. It's about people's lives. So this is a very big responsibility to be now in, in this industry. And for your question, how we are engaging people to our conferences, to tell the truth, uh, we are not because uh, it's not ethical. We cannot like promote, we cannot advertise our destination, like just go to visit Lviv, hi, we have here a war, just visit us. No, we cannot do this. But people go to Lviv, to Ukraine because they have like a real business and they want to do something. And that's why every meeting, every conference that we have now in Lviv, in, in Ukraine, there is a big, big legacy because um, everyone who come here, especially from abroad, they are just thinking uh, what they will do, what will be the impact of this meeting. And uh, this is why we will have a big impact of these events uh, now uh, in Lviv and in Ukraine. Yeah, so you're not actually going out and selling Lviv. 
but you are facilitating those who want to meet there, which I think is, that's an interesting juxtaposition for, I think, any of us, even in areas that are not consumed with war, is our role as facilitator rather than outbound sales. We have every hotel in, in Lviv is, uh, we don't have damaged uh, uh, infrastructure and uh, we have good locations and we have a good restaurants. If you will come uh, right now to the city center, you won't understand that there, there is some war, people are going, maybe there will be some soldiers, uh, maybe there will be some hidden statues because we are afraid of our uh, UNESCO heritage. But uh, you won't understand that there is a war and hotels are okay, they are like working. So our infrastructure, our heritage uh, gives us uh, opportunity to invite people uh, uh, who wants to come to Ukraine. So this is our <laughs> situation and what we do, we try to ensure people that you are safe, you are okay, you can do this, you can do that and uh, like to calm down them international guests uh, because uh, people from uh, from the ukraine they understand that lviv is a good location but people from from abroad they are like worried you're going to the country where uh, there is a war so our aim is to make this staying the most comfortable okay. way it's simply amazing and we are i think all in awe of what you've all been doing there and and how you've been pushing back and, and defending the country and keeping life as quote unquote normal as you possibly can. I, I simply can't fathom what that would be like. And yet, as I said earlier, I kind of think back to those early days of COVID when we just had to keep on living and yet we you know needed to be mindful of our surroundings. I mean, it's, it's kind of like when you say, you know, there are you know, people need to take their own responsibility if they're going to come to Lviv or to the Ukraine at any point in time. I mean, there is a war going on. It's the same here in America, where in some inner cities, you know, it's deemed dangerous. And yet it's not dangerous if you're mindful and you stay in well-lit, uh, well-populated areas. You know, it's just, you know, don't go into the neighborhoods where there's a lot of drug dealing and crime. And, you know, if you're smart enough, you should probably emerge from cities that are deemed too dangerous to yeah. visit, but they're not. There's just areas. And so I, th I think it's it's um, it's a lot like that, I think, uh, in, in Ukraine as well. Let's get to your bonus round question, though, because, I mean, you know, we're talking about the seriousness of war, but you have one of the more interesting, shall we say, hobbies. You actually are a belly dancer. <laughs> and have, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a first in over 120 episodes of DMOU. So tell us about your belly dancing. It just was a hobby when I was a student. Uh, I was fond of uh, belly dancing and every dancing and especially belly dancing because I've watched some movies or whatever. And um, it just was uh, like my hobby and I enjoy it. And um, this is interesting. Uh, thank you for having me these memories. It, it's very good to have these memories uh, uh, in these days. <laughs> so I was uh, in one moment, I wanted to do something good to my community. And uh, I had a friend and he was uh, running a project uh, 
healthy. It was for senior people and they were trying to do some physical activity. And uh, I just uh, talked to, the, uh, to him and just, oh, I will, uh, I will teach them dance because I want to do it. Uh, can we try? Yes, of course, uh, you can try. And I tried to, and I was, I was giving them lessons. Uh, this was um, senior women and uh, even a man. And we were dancing and we had a very good time together. And they were uh, shaking <laughs> their bodies. So it was, it was, was so funny. I was so happy because like I was uh, giving some uh, good things to people, good emotions, because we are not so uh, good at in, in old, uh, when uh, people are retired in Ukraine, it's, it's not uh, like in Europe. So it's sometimes, at the most time, they are very poor and they don't know what to do and they are feel useless. So I was really happy to to give some uh, happiness to these people. And then uh, uh, this guy told me, oh, you know, that Lviv City Council, uh, they are looking for some person uh, and do you want to go there? I'm like, okay, I will try. <laughs> and then I started my <laughs> career in uh, Lviv City Council and uh, I was in Lviv City Administration, working in uh, Lviv Open Lab and then now I'm, I'm in Lviv Convention Bureau. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> this... Uh, my career really in this sphere started uh, from the belly dancing. <laughs> I tell you what, that's that's an image there. Uh, you leading a bunch of senior citizens in belly dancing. That's going to be one that I'm going to be thinking about today. Elena, you inspire us with your unbroken spirit, and we all hope that the war comes to a swift close and Ukraine emerges whole. You inspire us. You really do. And thank you for coming on DMOU. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just want to thank you for American people, for uh, international community, uh, for, for the support, because uh, we are brave Ukrainians. We know what we are doing. We know that uh, we will... Uh, we will have this victory, but with your support, it, it became possible. So thank you very much for this help. I just want to inspire you because uh, we can uh, win this, uh, this war with this devil together. And so be unbroken with us. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to tell their stories. It's DMOU.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, our friends at Destinations International. Next up on the event calendar is the Fall Learning Week. That's comprised of three co-located summits, as well as CDME classes. DMO pros will immerse themselves in realigning perspectives on post-pandemic recovery from an operational perspective through the Business Operations Summit. You're also going to have the EDI Summit and the Advocacy Summit, all during the second week of October and all in Little Rock, Arkansas. You can score bundle discounts for each summit. Registration is now open at destinationsinternational.org events. And dmopros.com is where you're going to find links to our services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, position papers on board diversity and a new model for destination development, the book Destination Leadership, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's dmopros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time. Yeah.